0: With the Sideshow Network
1: app for iPhone and iPad. Are you tired of shaving? Are you tired of shopping for blades?
2: Yes. Are you for sh- your husband.
1: Tired of spending way too much money for crappy blades that yes. pop out and then you step on them in the shower?
2: Yes. For There's a husband. better answer. Dollarshaveclub.com/sideshow. forward slash It's
1: like Netflix for shaving. You give them a couple bucks a month. They send you razors on an on a schedule. They send you the razor blades and the handle, and then you shave. And I don't have to go out and buy them? No, it's automatic. It's like Netflix. Do you have to return them? No, it's not that much like Netflix. So they're new? It's similar to Netflix, yes. You're not renting okay. an old Jimmy Stewart razor. This is a new razor. They're sent to you in groups every month.
2: Are there his and hers? Because you take my razors.
1: Uh, I, you know what? There's only one place to find out if there are, and that is...
2: DollarShaveClub.com forward slash sideshow.
1: Shave your face. Do some manscaping. Be smooth yes, please. and yummy. Please.
2: Manscaping, yes.
1: All for pennies on the dollar. Don't be an idiot.
2: Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash sideshow.
1: A fork on the road show. I am Mark DiCarlo. To my right, the lovely and talented and very tan traveling diva, Yenny Alvarez. <laughs> very tan. Well, you're tanner than normal. Am I? Yeah. Oh. It's ex- she's excited because it's show number five. For I us. like five. five. Number five, alive like <laughs> butterfly. She's ten, and she's been drinking, I think. (laughs) Just a little. Uh, We got a great show for you lined up today. It's uh, kind of an adventure travel show. Yay, fun. We're going to be talking to the people at the world-famous Mud Run down at the um, Camp Pendleton.
2: Well, see, I want to (laughs) go. To the Mud Run? Uh, Just to see it.
1: To see the guys that are running in the Mud Run.
2: Oh, my Lord. You have got to see those pictures. This
1: is like an actual, like in stripes or like in full metal jacket. Those... uh, Those... Those... um, Obstacle courses where, yes, the, where the soldiers is. have to run and jump and they go through mud and it's it's crazy. And they're all good looking. Right. In the movies. It may no, not be so. No, no, no. I so. saw the
2: pictures. Really? Oh. oh, yes.
1: I did my research. And And I'm sure they would... They wouldn't omit pictures of ugly people. Uh, Everyone has to be gorgeous in order to do well, the Well, everybody world works famous out because that's, that's, that's
2: a tough one. It is a tough one. Have,
1: a tough one. It's not easy. They have
2: obstacle courses. They have to basically swim through mud. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's coming up uh, for the first half of June. We're going to be talking to the folks down at Camp Pendleton who run that, Camp Pendleton, California. Another adventure thing we're going to do is Air Combat USA. We're going yes. to talk uh, to Mike Blackstone who runs Air Combat USA. This is the coolest thing. I've done it once. You actually get into a fighter plane, a mm-hmm. propeller-driven fighter plane. <gasps> they take you up in the air, and you do a real dogfight with a friend of yours or a stranger. Two planes go up. You're sitting oh, next wow. to a flight instructor. They give you about a 45-minute flight instruction they, they on the ground. But they stay with you. <laughs> They're in the plane with you. <laughs> okay, but good. the minute the plane takes off the ground, you are holding the stick on the airplane. You are actually flying oh, this... Oh, you know me.
2: I like holding the stick. <laughs>
1: You're flying the airplane, you're doing barrel rolls. I did loop de loops. <laughs> I flipped the plane upside down.
2: See, that I wouldn't do.
1: Banking turns.
2: I'm not in cell.
1: And you shoot a laser beam at the other plane. And <sighs> if you hit it, real smoke comes out of the back of the plane.
2: Okay, I totally that. It is like a that.
1: video game come to life. You're in a oh, real airplane. Man. It's the most amazing thing. It's called Air Combat USA, and they're doing it in 24 cities around the country. It would be a great graduation present, a great Father's Day gift. Uh, We're going to be talking to the guys from there. That's a great adventure travel.
2: I can give myself that present. Yes,
1: you could. Uh, And then we're also going to be talking food, of course, and festivals, as we always do. We're going to be talking to Diane Hampton down at the Memphis and May Festival, which is raging in Memphis, Tennessee all month long. And we may talk, we are talking to the people that may make the best fried chicken in America. You
2: know, I've never had it.
1: Well, we'll have to go to Memphis sometime soon. But in, in my book, A Fork on the Road... I name this particular place as having the best fried chicken in America, and we're going to be talking Mm. to the people there. And quite frankly, getting them on the phone was difficult because they (laughs) they they don't give a shit about publicity. They don't they don't they didn't want to be on the Travel Channel show. They just don't care. Yeah, which tells you how good the chicken is. If they had crappy chicken, they'd be all up in our business. You know, why don't we get they'd be up in our dish saying, "Please promote our chicken."
2: Why don't we get the perks? We should have a Gus's... Fried chicken. I wasn't going to say the name
1: of the place. (gasps) It's called teasing the show. (gasps) You know what? I think you need to take an online course, Radio 101. (laughs) No, I
2: think you need to tell me before we do this if you're not going to say it. Why would you do that?
1: Didn't you notice I didn't say the name of the place and I pointedly did not say the name of it?
2: No, I did not notice.
1: Well, maybe, you know what? Put your headphones on. (laughs) So we're going to be talking to the people there at that particular place. So we got a show full of fun stuff. Before we get started, um, summer driving season's coming. If you drive a car, you need EnviroTabs. These are little tablets you drop in your gas tank. It gives you 15% better gas mileage. Simple. It's a $2 tablet. You drop it in your tank. You drive farther. It's a great way to flip the bird to the gas company. So if you're tired of paying high gasoline prices, Get, and we
2: all want to flip the bird.
1: We do. Get yourself some Enviro tabs. It cleans your engine, cleans your fuel injectors, and gives you better gas mileage. You can find out more about them at my website, which is markdecarlo.com. Click on the Road Raves uh, tab, and it'll take you right to some information about Enviro tabs. You'll be able to order them there. They come in packets of 28. It's two bucks a tank full, better gas mileage, cleaner engine, and cleaner car. Makes your, it makes the exhaust that comes out of the back of the car much cleaner. So it's better and the environment. Better and nobody
2: f- else around it has to smell it. Right.
1: Well, I'm sure it still stinks. I haven't actually done the smell test. But with EnviroTabs, you get better gas mileage. It's better for the economy. MarkDecarlo.com. Click on Road Raves tab. You'll see it. You'll order it. You'll thank me because summer is road trip time. We also have a big contest that we're running. The folks at Vivitar have given us an underwater camcorder which is, a, if you're going to be...
2: It's underwater. Yeah,
1: you can shoot underwater <gasps> with it, so you can be in a okay, pool, it, you can be in the ocean, you can be that anywhere. That sucks,
2: because I can't enter. I need an underwater camera. Yeah,
1: you can't. You cannot be cannot be a, a, an employee of a Fork oh. on the Road show. Uh get so, my own camera. Yes, you do. It's a great camera. It's a Vivitar 850D, no, 850W. Great camera. It's an underwater camera. Here's how you enter. You follow me on Twitter. I'm Mark DiCarlo, at Twitter, Sign up, follow me, and I will be tweeting things throughout the week. And
2: throughout the week, um, after you follow Mark DiCarlo on Twitter, you have to tweet to him, Mm -hmm. hashtag a fork on the road, and tell us who the guests were for today's show. And uh, we're gonna take every correct entry and uh, announce the winner on the Fourth of July show.
1: Right. So we'll take. You'll be tweeting me between now and then. You can enter as many times as you like each week, once a week. And uh, at the end of this show, well, well re- they'll
2: have to have, yeah.
1: Yeah. You can't just enter a thousand times. <laughs> One entry per Twitter account per week. And at the end of the show, we'll recap who our guests were today. You tweet that back to me. You go into the bin, and then we will uh, fairly and even-handedly randomly select one winner on the 4th of July show and that person will get a free Vivitar 850W underwater camcorder. So you got to follow me on Twitter, Mark DiCarlo on Twitter.
2: And then tweet, hashtag, a fork on the road and tell us who the guests were for the Today Show, for that show.
1: Right, we'll remind you more of that later on. So it's springtime, things are getting warm all over the country. Good time to start talking about adventure travel, where you actually go places and do cool fun things instead mm. of just laying on the beach.
2: I like adventure travel.
1: Yeah, it's fun because you get to do something. Yes. You're not just laying around doing nothing.
2: Well, some people like laying around.
1: Uh, I do Maybe too. They have a
2: very hectic life and they just want to lay out by the pool.
1: Right. I'm a fan of that. But also, it's also fun to go out and do stuff. You know? Yes. Uh, so we're going to talk about two really cool adventures that you can do this, uh, this, uh, this June, actually. The first thing we're going to talk about is uh, specific to Southern California. Specifically, Camp Pendleton, which is the big Marine base between Los Angeles and San Diego.
2: Yes, and when you're driving down to San Diego from L.A., I o- I always look down to see if I can see like a big old helicopter or people training, and mm-hmm. sometimes you get uh, you get to see that every once in a while, which right. is fun. It's you know nothing that I'm familiar with. Right, Those big helicopters are impressive and big soldiers.
1: Oh, yeah, and once a year they open up the base so that actual civilians common everyday schlubs such as you and I get to go on there and try to survive and conquer the official U.S. Marine obstacle course. And it's called the world-famous Mud Run. And we have the representative from the Mud Run on the phone with us right now. And that is Mr. Scott Graham. My pleasure. Glad to be with you guys. So tell me about the world-famous Mud Run. It looks pretty intense.
0: Well, it's world-famous for a reason. We were definitely one of the first to bring on a 10K with uh, Muddy obstacles. the Border Marine Corps base at Camp Pendleton. Uh, We've done it now. This is our 20th year. We'll see probably close to 40,000 participants and spectators over a five-day period. Uh, It's probably the crown jewel of Camp Pendleton.
1: Forty thousand people come down and pay to do this.
0: Well, between spectators and paid participants, so we'll probably have close to thirty thousand participants over a five-day period. Wow. We'll see more runners than the Marine Corps Marathon. Woo.
1: Wow! And is this is this a run or is this the obstacle course, the the Marine obstacle course that they're going to be doing?
0: Well, it's all integrated. So you have a ten k run. Uh, that will take you through some scenic hills of Camp Pendleton around probably 14 different obstacles throughout that course. And definitely one of the crowning achievements of that is at the end when you get to dive into a huge, muddy, messy pit uh, and have Marines motivate you through the, through the whole course. Uh, one of the things <laughs> that we're really excited about uh, that I don't think anybody else is doing is we're going to actually live stream the event all five days uh, starting June 2nd.
2: I'm gonna be
1: watching. So you've got you got regular people wallowing in the mud while Marines bark at them.
0: Absolutely, like actual Can you drill take sergeant. To
1: spend your weekend? No, I can't. It's, <laughs> and, and, and this is like Arlie Ermy quality Marine drill sergeants really getting on your oh. case, or is it like sweet yeah. and tender?
0: No, absolutely. It's it's down and dirty. And actually, one of the best parts about it is that our um, lead title sponsor is MARSOC. And MARSOC is uh, the Marine Special Operations Command. So they're kind of the Navy SEALs for the Marines. So what's really great about this is that it opens a door up to the to the general public to come aboard Camp Pendleton, involve themselves with the Marine Corps, and get a chance to see some really neat equipment and meet some really specialized training uh, elements that we have stationed here.
1: I don't know. It sounds pretty easy to me. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Huh. You know, it's
0: funny. Uh, I've worked it for 15 it. years. I ran it for the first time three years ago. And uh, let's just say I walked it. <laughs> you know, half walking,
3: half You're walking,
0: half jogged it. But yeah, absolutely. And it's no fun if you don't get the, the The coolest part is if you go to the website, worldfamousmudrun.com, we have a whole photo gallery. And what's really cool are some of the costumes. We have team uh, elements you know that people come.
2: You've read my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's actually, you know, some of the costumes are fantastic. Last year, because the Avengers were coming out, you had Hulk, you had Iron Man, uh, we had the Three Little Pigs, we had the the YMCA guys. I mean, we actually had a, uh, a I think he was about nine, a 90-year-old German guy uh, fly over and come do the event and finished it uh, a couple years ago. So, you know, I, we, we have 44 different countries uh, sometimes represented over that five-day period, so I, I think it's a fair assessment to call it world famous.
1: Well, I hope the Marines gave the German guy some extra shit.
0: Uh, absolutely. Right. Why not, you know?
2: <laughs> well, I'm going through the pictures right now. It looks really cool. Yeah, it's, you know,
0: I... I... Like I said, I've been working at 15 years, and every year we keep doing something different to keep people engaged. And and there's a lot of obstacle courses going on right now that that kind of they do some obstacles, but they're they're smaller runs. They're five K. This is a 10 K. You know, seven plus miles running. Uh, you go through a combat town, which is really neat. So you can actually get to run through uh, theater type action zones that uh, the Marines actually train in.
1: Live uh, live so ammunition. It,
0: No live ammunition, but I think if we had some few choice explosions going around, that would probably be the next element to take it up a notch.
1: (laughs) And what kind of person, what kind of people come down and do this? Is it only hardcore runners? Is it... uh, No.
0: Yeah, it's actually, we get people from all ages and all walks of life, big, tall, thin, skinny. Uh, you, everybody does it, and you know it's funny is that every, you know we we do it in a two hour and forty five minute time limit, and almost everybody finishes uh, because I think you have that element of the marine sitting there motivating you through the entire course. Uh, <laughs> afterwards, uh, we have the filthy fun fest, and so they're kind of motivated to get back, enjoy a nice cold beer. Uh, we have food vendors. I mean, I know this is primarily a food show, so you know we, we try and incorporate having a. Um, a large bevy of choices for people to come back and sit back and enjoy.
1: And is it is it K rations? Is it crappy Marine food or is it? No, 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 no.
0: People no, sucking MRE. stuff out of a, like,
1: MRE. No,
0: no, no I mean, We do have barbecue. I think anytime you can take mm. three Bs and put them next to barbecue, it's usually a, a good uh, connection. And we have some burger. I mean, every kind of nationality of food you can imagine is going to be there. And. Uh, what's great is afterwards we have some uh, good cover bands coming, but what's really fun is on the last Friday we're actually having um, the 80s band English Beat playing. Um, wow. And so it really has um, evolved over the years and it, it's becoming uh, not just a run, but really an event for people to come out and enjoy. And we encourage them to, to come out and enjoy with the runners as well.
1: Man, oh man, it sounds great. You know what? I wish, how come my band's not playing down there? I
3: don't
0: know. Why not? We'll give you a holler, and we'll have you play next year. Dude, we got not it. Only that. We'll have you ride. We'll have you run it with us. <laughs> I would I like to know. give it a
1: shot, actually.
0: The run? No, you, I, you know I'm serious. Have your guys email me. We'll we'll get we'll get you a bib and we'll get you in, and <laughs> and I, I think you'll you'll be enjoying it just as much as the uh, the other thirty plus thousand people who have chances wow. uh, to. So does everyone?
1: Uh, does, does everyone start at once? Is it does it look like just like the New York City Marathon, or everyone's just <laughs> coming out of the gate?
0: No, nah, no, we couldn't do that. We got to do five separate waves uh, over a five day period, um, and that's just to spread it out because we do have a, a an elite um, competitive. Uh, Level of runners that want to take part in it. Uh, the, the real fast elite runners last year, I think we had our fastest times were uh, somewhere in the midst of 55 minutes. Wow. We did a 10k. Uh, that's seven miles with obstacles, swimming, um, you know, jumping over mud pit walls and everything. So you know, that, that's a pretty good time for for anybody to complete something like that.
1: And what does it cost to enter? And what does it? Who does it benefit?
0: Well, the, the best part about it right now is that uh, our first two Saturdays are sold out, but we're doing a living social deal right now so that people can take advantage. I only think we have about 500 spots left, but uh, that will take down to $45 um, to do this. And it, it's the, the best part about this, and I think this is one of the one main reasons that I enjoy my job, is that every penny goes back to support the quality of life for the Marines and sailors and their families aboard Camp Pendleton. Um Every revenue-generated dollar goes back to support fitness facilities and youth programs, and, you know, it it really is something that goes back to help the military community.
1: That's great. And for people that are not in Southern California, like you said, people are coming in from all over the world, but if you're not from Southern California, the Camp Pendleton area is very much a, it's a company town. The people that live in and around there are all involved in some way with the military, and it's a... It's a great people, great place to visit. I've always had um fun time being down there and uh, it sounds like it's a great a great uh great event. Great event, a great and, it,
0: Yeah, it, we like to think so and, and I think the best thing about Camp Pendleton it is probably the only stretch 90 miles from Mexico uh past uh LA has undeveloped beach each, each mm-hmm. country. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, well, even but, you know like this, go ahead. Even just driving down there, it's I mean, it's beautiful. So I can imagine people, you know, going for the event, doing the run, having the fabulous food and and getting a chance to enjoy everything with everybody. Now, from a girl's point of view, I have to say the pictures are quite um, (laughs) tempting. (laughs) If I knew before I met Mark that I that I could find a really great looking man at this place. I'm telling you, I don't know why this this is not um, filled with uh, women finding looking for men.
0: We are- well, yeah, I think, actually, the funny thing is we do have more women than men running this. Ah. So I think, I think the word is... Now been- I'm listening. This is where the fishing pond is, right? Uh-huh. So, so yeah.
1: Well, oh, it sounds like a great event. The, the dates are June 1st and 2nd, but that's sold out, you're telling me?
0: Uh, actually it's second it's over 5 days so the first weekend is the 2nd and 3rd okay and then the 8th and ninth, and then the 15th and okay. the 15th so the, is when we're
2: going to have out i'm on your website it says yes. the 8th is sold out wow oh by the yeah, way and, and, and everybody on there is everybody on there good looking cuz really the pictures are <laughs> phenomenal the, the the guys in the showers come on
0: well, we call it the hogwash, and the beautiful thing is, I mean, it is mud, right? So it, it is a, a topical treatment to make everybody look beautiful. Right. And that's, ah. why, that's what we strive. You, know, you come in one way, you leave a completely different person.
2: Well, I'm telling you, you have to be in phenomenal shape to be able to do that. Uh, you know, I only did a 5K. It,
0: it, it really is. It, it, and I, and I say this in all honesty. There are people who are in phenomenal shape who do it, but there are people who are in you know couch potato Joe shape who come and do it. And we encourage that too because it really is. We consider it the opening of the door of Camp Pendleton so civilians and everybody can come in, enjoy the military experience, but also have a fun time, kind of competing and seeing what some of the obstacles that people can take part in.
2: I think people. Is
0: should that your donut, Private <laughs> Pile? Private Pile, is that your donut?
1: Put your donut right. down. Where did that donut come from, Private Pile? Are you allowed to have donuts in the mall, in the hall? Ooh. Well, it sounds like a great, great, great event. It, it benefits uh, the uh, folks in the army and the people are in and around Camp Pendleton who uh, keep us safe, keep us secure. So, if you're in the Southern California area, if, you know what? If you're anywhere, it's a great vacation. You hey, come down you're to a Southern California. Girl. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mark, one small thing I do have to correct you. It is the Marines. There's a very big distinction between the Army and the Marines, oh, and no. I would get in big trouble if I didn't correct you for that. So I apologize. No, no,
1: you're right. But it, Full Metal Jacket, Army, Army. That was that was a Marine drill sergeant. Yeah?
0: Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. And he's actually uh, quite a visitor aboard Camp and He'll come aboard and do uh, some of his shows and film them aboard. And like I said, bring your band. We'd love to have you come run next year. Uh, invitation's always open for you both.
1: Love it. Well, Ooh, thank you thank so much, you. Scott. The website, again, is worldfamousmudrun.com. <laughs> You're raising money for a great, uh, a great cause, and it's a great way to get muddy with someone you love.
2: <laughs> it's a great absolutely. way to find a really good-looking man in great shape. <laughs> I'll bring the girls. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely.
1: <laughs> All right, thanks so much, Scott. Good luck with it.
2: Bye, hey, Scott. you. You guys
0: have a great one.
1: All right, bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye.
1: Wow, that sounds like fun. It really does.
2: And you have to see these pictures. You're not looking at the website, but I'm telling you, wow.
1: Yeah, well, they're, they're going to put all the good looking people on the website.
2: Um, that's a lot of good looking Did people. Did you not in see stripes, place. baby?
1: Did you not? There's always a, there was, there's always a John Candy. <laughs> there's always a fat guy who's trying to do it, right? There's a big fat well, guy you know who's what? trying the to compete. The fact that they're
2: there, I think it's uh, yes. Uh, I think it's, it's great. Says a lot about them.
1: That's right. You know what? They're there raising money for the Armed Services YMCA. Mm-hmm. It's a, a sounds like a fun event. Great way it to get does. dirty. It's the world famous mudrun.com. If you're coming in from out of town, you probably fly into San Diego or you fly into LAX and you, or even Santa Ana airports. Mm-hmm. Make a weekend out of it. Make a week out of it. Get a hotel and uh, hang out down there and do that on Saturday or Sunday. It's a fun, it sounds like a fun event. And, and we, then
2: check out a future podcast where we talk about San Diego and uh, all right. the other fun things to do about it that town. all
1: stitches together. Yeah. Uh, that is one great adventure thing. Now here is another great adventure thing, also kind of involved with the military, but not really. There's a company called Air Combat USA. And what it is, it's a group of fighter pilots, <laughs> retired fighter pilots. And they have these incredible, actual fighter planes. Marchetti, Italian Marchetti planes, prop planes like P-51 Mustangs and Marchettis with all the decals. They look like real fighter planes. And they go around the country. They'll be in 24 different cities uh, this year. And in every city they go to, they go to a small airport. And for a fee, you can get in the planes and you can go up in the air and you yourself can actually fly the plane. That sounds so much fun. You're not sitting next to the pilot. You are sitting next to yeah, the pilot.
2: Yeah, yeah, hopefully. But the
1: pilot's doing nothing. You're, they, they give you... Uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to explain it. I'm going to let the, the professional explain it. We have the guy that uh, owns and operates Air Combat USA with us today. It's Mike Blackstone. Welcome to the show, Mike.
4: Hey, Mike. Well,
1: hi. Well, I'm really glad to
4: be on with
1: you. Well, thanks for taking mm-hmm. the time. Now, the, your, your company is called Air Combat USA, and I can't, even though I've done it myself, I can't believe that you just let common idiots off the street <laughs> get into the cockpit of an airplane and fly a fighter pilot. Tell me, tell me how this started, what your lawyer said when you told them you needed a,
2: <laughs> the, the a, insurance. A,
1: an insurance release. <laughs> and then we can talk about how, you know, what exactly people get to do and, and uh, where they get to do it. I know you're in about 24 cities around the country. So so where'd this come from? How'd you get this idea?
4: Well, uh, I used to have a biplane business uh, and I would be out uh, doing aerobatics. Uh, and
1: like Waldo a friend Pepper? Of mine
4: would show up. Yeah, like Waldo Pepper, right. And uh, a friend of mine would show up out in the practice area with his biplane and we'd end up in, uh, in a mock air combat dogfight mm-hmm. and we'd land and argue about who got whom. And so... As an aeronautical engineer, I decided that uh, I could probably come up with an electronic means of determining who got who, and after a few dead ends, it finally uh, came to me how to do it, and uh, it was obvious once I installed the equipment on my biplane that uh, it really had too many wings in the way uh, for the customer who would be sandwiched between a wing above them and a wing below them to be able to see the other airplane, Uh, and so... I started looking for another kind of aircraft and I got the uh, CI Marchetti which is what we use to this day which is a current production light attack aircraft that's used by uh, small countries around the world and it's capable of dropping bombs and shooting rockets and um, it's it's a real warbird.
1: Yeah, it is. I was and, shocked uh, when I got there and I it's it's an actual it's, it's it's a fighter pilot and you basically just tossed me the keys and said, "Okay, bring it back in an hour."
4: That's right, Uh, and the only reason why our instructors go along is because we'd like to reuse the airplane. (laughs) Uh, And uh, it's it's got dual controls, so uh, from shortly after takeoff until just before landing, uh, the guest pilot is flying the airplane. And uh, it's basically, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, uh, oh, it's like a video game with G-Force, I guess would be probably one way to describe it. It's a
1: great way to describe it, yeah.
4: And uh, you're pulling up to six G's out there, hooting and hollering and yanking and banking and trying to get the guy in the gun sight. And once you line him up properly, if you pull the trigger, the smoke will go off on the other airplane, indicating a kill. And uh, (laughs) when I first started this business, uh, frankly, uh, I figured that after my first flight, the FAA would call me up and uh, say, Yeah, exactly. What are you doing? (laughs) Well, I found out. I found out years later that, in fact, uh, when I did become highly public, and, and once we were on television, it was it was a nationwide phenomenon, and actually worldwide, uh, they did look into it. The FAA and their wisdom, you know, to make sure that uh, you know uh, they're not happy till you're not happy philosophy, <laughs> and uh, they talked to their lawyers in Washington and said we can't think of a reason why he can he can't do it, and so. <laughs> That was all over 40,000 missions ago. Wow. And uh, we have a great relationship with the FAA now as we travel all over the United States. And uh, we let people be fighter pilot for a day. And we fly hundreds of the, of them every month across the country. So, you so tra- that's kind of how it starts.
1: So you travel around the country. And how many planes do you bring when you come into a city?
4: Uh, two or three. It uh, just kind of depends upon the load. Uh, we have a uh, you know, typically uh, we schedule for two, and I bring a third one uh, to make sure that the schedule uh, is, you know, maintained because we come a couple of times a year to some place. And so if someone got this as a gift and really looking forward to flying in June, I'd like to see, to if they fly in June and not, you <laughs> know, months later. Right. Uh, and uh, we also do groups, and we also, the same airplanes we also use on a government contract, which I have, which we help teach uh Special Forces, uh, how to call in airstrikes, and we basically simulate being an F-18. So we have a lot of, a lot of our plates full with, with fun things to do. Basically, I, I'd like to think my life is like Peter Pan. You know, I don't want to grow up, and, <laughs> and I have no intention of
1: doing so. <laughs> so now the way it worked for me is I got there early in the morning, and then along with some other people that were flying that day, we sat and we had like a flight briefing from a pilot. So you, you literally you you need no flight experience or knowledge, at all, to do this. That's right?
4: correct. That's correct. As a matter of fact, we found, after forty thousand plus missions, that that uh, non-pilots have a tendency of doing better than pilots, and really? that is because oh yeah, and there is it's a logical reason. Uh, we pilots are evaluated by things that are on the instrument panel in front of them, their speed, their altitude, their heading, their course, all this stuff is on the instrument panel. And when a, when a guy who's been flying a light aircraft or even uh, an airliner is put in one of our aircraft, he keeps trying to go back to how he learned how to fly. And we're, here we are upside down, uh, coming down toward the ocean at 10,000 feet a minute. He's looking at the airspeed indicator rather than out the window where the other airplane is. Right. whereas the non-pilot doesn't know what, what they're looking at in front of them anyway. We're too
1: stupid to know that we're, we're a razor-width away from death.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, um,
2: have you ever had anything bad happen?
4: Oh, no, no. Uh, really? In 40,000 flights? Here's, oh, 40,000 flights. I think we've had two aircraft uh, land at, at not where they started. We had one where an engine failed, uh, and uh, it landed on the beach in Southern California. And frankly, it was very good press. Our pilot did a heck of a job. And, uh, and what do they say? Any, uh, any uh, uh, press any, you get is good, as long as they spell your name right. Right. And, uh like any
1: R&L landing plane, you make is good, as long as you land in one piece.
4: That's right. As long as I can use the plane again, what's the problem? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so we had uh, one engine failure on the West Coast uh, probably maybe 10 years ago, and we had an engine failure on the East Coast maybe 15, 16 years ago. And that's it. Everybody who's ever flown with us is still alive and well unless they've died of old age.
1: Well, it, it was a really fantastic experience, as I recall. But the, the, the ground school that they send you through is a little sobering because, you, you know, you're all excited. You walk in, they sit you down, and the first thing they tell you, at least the first thing my pilot said was, all right, I'm going to be sitting up there with you. If something happens and you have to eject, leave me behind. If I'm unconscious or something's wrong with me, get out of the plane and they strap a uh, parachute onto you they tell you how to press the ejector seat and and shoot your ass out of the plane and, and it's like ooh this is actual real what is, scary
2: what do you mean eject what if you're really far up there explain, where are you going to land explain what? it oh that freaks me out explain
1: it mike right cuz it's mean,
2: eject? well it's, you're uh, it's not all, in the batmobile it's
1: all fun and games but if you know if, if something goes wrong the pilot looks you in the eye and says you know leave me behind and get out right?
4: Well, now, see, that's, now that's a real brave actual fighter pilot. Uh, if, if I was sitting next to you, my comment would be, if you were flying along and it got really windy and you looked at the seat next to you and it was empty, that means that you missed my bailout call. Uh, <laughs> oh. and you may, and you may want to follow me out. So <laughs> it shows that some of us look after number one instead of number two.
1: <laughs> well, believe me, if it happened to me, I'd be all about the number two.
4: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. so it's oh, about a 45 minute class and then you, you get into the plane the real pilot sits on your right hand side you're sitting side by side not front and back and you take off and the minute the wheels are up off the ground he just took his hand off the stick and I, I made the plane climb we flew out over the ocean and then we started doing like video game stunts upside down barrel rolls chasing each other around it's it's astounding it's,
4: it, I'd like to say that everything's real but the bullets. And uh, the, the tactics that we do are the same ones that they do in an F-18 or an F-16. The only difference between the, between the, the flying the, uh, you know, the, the Air Force jet or the Navy jet and flying our aircraft is the circle is smaller. And that's by the physics of so the speed is slower, therefore the circle is smaller. And things actually happen faster in a dogfight in our airplanes than they do uh, in the Hornet.
1: Because you're going slower, so you're covering less ground, which means it's a tighter, tighter fight, tighter. right?
4: That's right. Wow. That's right. We uh, like to say it's a knife fight in a phone booth. And uh, <laughs> so it's close sometimes.
1: Well, here's the good news, too. You guys travel all around the country. You're, you're in Southern California pretty much all the time, in Fullerton, California. Looks like you're in Las Vegas much of the year, which is a great idea to get, you know, drunk frat boys up in an airplane on a <laughs> bachelor party. That's. What and, could possibly go wrong? And
2: how many airplanes? You said I, I see on the site that it's uh, for up to 10 persons. How many airplanes uh, can, can you put up can, there at a the time? Do,
4: uh, it just depends upon how the schedule is built up. Uh, you know, we have a program that's based upon 10 people. But having said that, uh, we've done as many as 60 or 70 people in a two- or three-day window. Uh, and so when that happens, we bring uh, more aircraft into the mix. And so oh. really it's just a matter of planning. Uh, Each aircraft can probably fly five or six people in a day, each single aircraft. Mm -hmm. So we can get, you know, 12 folks up if we have two airplanes and so on and so forth. So it just kind of depends. Planning is everything.
1: Uh, Now I'm looking at your website here, which is aircombat.com. Some of the cities that you'll be bringing your crazy air show to Atlanta, Georgia, Atlantic City, Boston. You're going to be in Boston this weekend, yes? That's true. Uh, Charleston, Chicago, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Detroit, Fort Worth, Houston, Kansas, Kissimmee, Florida, Lancaster, PA. Why Lancaster, PA?
4: That's a real good question, but it's been there a long time. I guess those folks that uh, ride around on those horses and buggies like to once in a while go do air combat, I think. (laughs) But uh, the the fact of the matter is that's one of the first places we went to.
1: The Amish love the air (laughs) combat. They do. <laughs> we well, like to think so. <laughs> uh, what else we got? We got Livermore, California, which is up in the Bay Area, Long Island, Miami, New York, Portland, San Miami. Antonio. I'm going to send my Bavara, parents up there. Seattle, St. Louis, Tampa, and Winston Salem. Um, if you want to take a look at their schedule of where they're going to be when you go to aircombat.com uh Now, what is this? What is this? Is this expensive? I would imagine it's kind of expensive.
4: Uh, well, it's not inexpensive. You're flying an airplane that the replacement cost is $1.2 million, so if you go out on a flight and wreck my plane, it costs me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the, uh, average flight retail is $1,395, and, uh, you need to plan on being with us around three hours, uh, for the experience. And, uh, we have discounts for multiple, uh... Um, uh, you know, when you, when you book multiple, like if you and a friend,
1: meetings. yeah, you and a friend come yeah, in, it's you, a little bit cheaper. They, right? they
4: knock some money off on that. And, uh, we also have a kind of a space available program as well, where uh, a person that uh, has really flexible schedule can go on the space available program. And basically we call at the last minute and say, okay, somebody got sick and, uh, uh, can't fly tomorrow. Would you like to try and fill in the seat? And so that's a bargain price. I think it's about half price.
1: Wow. Oh, wow. So,
4: uh, yeah, so for those who have a flexible schedule, that's obviously a really cool deal.
1: And I'm thinking it's a great graduation present. Certainly a great Father's Day gift. You know, with that coming up soon, uh, it's 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 just a f- ridiculously fantastic experience. You, you guys. Well, I'm glad to hear you that. Do a great uh, job. We
4: also we also like you know husband and wife. Uh, you know, they like to settle a score sometime, and <laughs> women do. Women do remarkably well at this, and, uh, and I'm not sure why. Uh, you know, we guys grab the flight controls and sometimes try and manhandle the aircraft, and all you're doing is throwing the, the flight controls into the breeze and slowing the aircraft down, and you lose your energy, mm-hmm. where if you fly with a little more finesse, you can maintain your energy package, and you can outfly the air, other aircraft if you do it that way. So strength is not the, the deal. It's smart flying.
1: And do you have a nice rear-view mirror so that the ladies can fix their makeup as they fly? Um, you
2: know, he did say smart flying, yeah. and women are smarter than men, and that's why women are better at you this than You know what, I men. saw a
1: woman driving next to me on the 101 last month who was cutting her bangs in the fast lane while she was driving her Lexus SUV. I never see a, I never see a guy cutting his bangs or doing his makeup. Well, I have in West Hollywood, but this particular, he was
2: driving. <laughs> this
1: particular woman was cutting her bangs at 60 miles an hour.
2: Well, she also wanted plastic surgery.
1: (laughs) She's gonna need it, I'm sure. Uh, It's it sounds like a great. uh, I know it's a great thing. It sounds like a great. Well, you've
2: done it before. I haven't. I want to do it. We should do it together and settle a score.
1: We need a score first. All right, let's. You know what? Uh, The next time we have a fight, that's how we'll settle it.
2: Why wait? (laughs) Why wait? All right. right, If I win, I get my um my sauna.
1: And what if I win?
2: Pick something. You have everything. You have me. What else could you want?
1: Mm, well said.
2: <laughs> Good Mike, silence.
1: <laughs> Mike, thanks for joining us on the show. We really appreciate it. The website, again, is World... Uh, no, it's uh, Air... The Air web- Combat USA. Yeah, let me fix that. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining us again today. The, uh, the website is called Air Combat USA. They'll be in Boston, Massachusetts this weekend. They're going to be in Chicago uh, at the end of June... They're all over the country. If you're in Las Vegas or Southern California, you can pretty much go anytime you want. It's a great experience, really fun, and re- somehow ridiculously safe.
4: Thank what? you so much for having me on.
1: Thanks. Let me ask you one, you one last question. What is your insurance like?
4: <laughs> <laughs> it, frankly, it's not bad at all because we have a spectacularly uh, good uh, safety record. And, uh, but like when you anything. started,
1: when you started this company forty thousand missions ago, and you walked into uh-huh. your insurance guy and said, "Okay, here's my idea. I'm going to take a <laughs> couple guys off the street. I'm going to put them in the planes, and they're going to fight each other and drive straight at each other." Well, they what's have
2: what's a the deductible? Pilot with them
1: still.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I I was always amazed that we got good rates on the insurance because uh, there we, we didn't have any data to support that we could do this safely. But uh, now that's ancient history, and uh, we are everything. Our workman's comp, as well as our regular insurance, is really no more than a flight school, a regular flight school, flying a Cessna.
1: Amazing. Well, congratulations. You run a great ship there, and it's a tremendously fun experience. And hopefully, someone out there uh, will be able to get there and, and enjoy it. And if uh, folks, if one of the listeners, if you do this, call us, and I want to hear your Feedback of it because I had a great time and and hopefully you will too. Thanks for joining us again, Mike. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Mike. We'll see right. you uh, when Mark and I fight again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good.
4: Have a great one. You too.
1: Bye bye. That is air. Com- That's Air Combat USA. That was Mike Blackstone, the owner and founder. Great time. And you know, my birthday is coming up in June. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. I won my spa. All right. Well, uh, that is our kind of adventure. Uh, mm-hmm. Portion of the show. where We always talk about food. We always try and talk uh, to famous chefs and famous restaurants around the country. This place that we're going to talk to now is not fancy. Um, it's not particularly famous. Uh, in my book, A Fork on the Road, I name it as the best fried chicken in America, but I don't think that they've had to get a new restaurant since then mm-hmm. and expand. Um, when we were there shooting my travel channel show, we were shooting something else in Memphis and we went out of the city a little bit and uh, decided to have lunch at this. It's literally a white cinder block shack down by the river. Hmm. If there was, there, there should be like a van with broken windows in front of it. It's not a very unassuming place. A little sign that said Gus's Fried Chicken and we walked in and I had the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. So we asked them if they'd like to come on the show and we would do a segment about their thing on our, on our television show and they were like no. No? Weren't, they, couldn't care less. <laughs> could not care less About a less. TV show? Nothing. No. Oh, Can we come in the kitchen and watch you cook? No. Will you give us the recipe? <laughs> no. no. Shut up, sit down, eat and get out. Basically, it was surly service and we went back 3 times in 2 days. Mm. All those variables and we still kept going back because I think it's the best fried chicken in America. There's a big festival in Memphis this month called Memphis in May, so if you're in town for that, you might want to check out Gus's Fried Chicken, and we're going to go there right now. We're talking to Tripp. Welcome to the show, Trip.
5: Thanks a
1: lot. Now, um, I've been in over 500 cities in America. I've eaten all over the place, and I think you at Gus's Fried Chicken have the best chicken in America.
5: Well, I appreciate that. Um, we uh, we kind of feel the same way. We're pretty proud of it, and uh, we've we've uh, had a really good time with it. People from all over the world come, and they're just they seem to be blown away by it. So it's it's a lot of fun.
1: However, you wouldn't let us in your kitchen trip. <laughs> I had my camera crew there. All I wanted to do is talk to your chef, see how you make this chicken, because lots of times with fried chicken, either it's too greasy. There's too much batter on it. You cut it open and it's too dry. Your skin is delicious and crispy, and you cut it open and it's juicy and yummy on the inside. What's the secret? What's the recipe? Why is it so much better there in your place than it is, you know, anywhere else?
5: <laughs> That's funny. Like, I'm going to give you my
1: secret. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got into a fist fight with a guy in the in the kitchen the last time I was there because he would he literally wouldn't let us into the kitchen.
5: Well, I'm I'm surprised that... Uh, when were you
1: here last? Uh, it was a couple years ago when I was doing Taste of America on the Travel Channel.
2: And you know that uh, he named you the best chicken in America in his book, A Fork on the Road, 400 Cities, One Stomach. You can get it at right, Amazon. I'm, a, yeah, and
1: I'm I, aware of that. And I'm I aware a, of that. And I had to pay for my T-shirt.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you were probably at my. It, it depends on which location.
1: It was. Um, it was like a, a white cinder block shack down by where the riverboats board.
5: Okay, well that's that is uh, that's an interesting story because that one used to be mine, but it's not mine anymore. That is my ex wife's store now.
1: Oh. oh, who got the recipe? So, you or her? Neither. <laughs> what
5: we're actually uh it's yeah the, the story is um is, is quite interesting it's we're actually franchises and um there's the original one is about 45 miles outside of memphis
3: uh-huh.
5: and it's a little it's a little shack literally and we used to ride our, our bikes out there on the weekend and have some beers and eat chicken and uh, we came up with the idea of approaching them about franchising it mm-hmm. because it was had such a cult following in Memphis mm-hmm. and uh, we opened uh, me and Wendy uh, my ex-wife we opened the original franchise downtown and that that's the one that you went to mm-hmm. if it was because my location on Minden Hall has been only open uh, a little less than two years So when you said two years ago I that's when that's when it uh, set off off a bomb, so uh, we we opened that one. Uh, we divorced. She decided she wanted that, so that one's hers. And I've opened one since that's mine. And then the story even gets better because she's decided uh, she decided years ago that she wanted to make a national push with it.
3: Uh-huh. So now
5: she's bought the franchise rights from the original family, and uh, she's reached. So now. I'm in, I'm about to. I'm about to open a, a second location, and I'm going to be buying a franchise from my ex-wife. This is a reality location. show,
1: oh. Trip. This is. Yeah. a re- th- Oh wow. my God. Are you guys friendly? Yeah.
5: Absolutely. Oh. Me and oh, her have some talk all the time, and, and my girlfriend. We're all we're all very it's good one friends. One good so, happy
2: family. Wow.
5: <laughs> so it it works out. It worked out really great, and me and her had the same vision. For Gus's, and she's got one sold in Little Rock, Arkansas. That's getting ready to open. Uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, I've, I've just showed so- some people from Connecticut my location. Uh, it's it, mine's a new building, but I built it with all reclaimed Memphis materials, bricks. Uh, bleacher, yeah, it was, a, it was wood. a real,
1: real authentic, you know, picnic table kind of thing on the inside. What? How do you make sure that the recipe, which you're not going to tell us anything about? Uh, is the same at each of these places because I'm telling you, I've had you know, I've had chicken everywhere, everywhere, and some of it's really good and some of it's horrible. It it, it, it yours was like in a different, you you know the difference between Elvis and every other singer. That's what you're. You, that's you're,
2: what you're the Elvis of the chicken.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, we, it, the batter will be mixed by an ingredients company. Um, right now it's mixed by the original family. Mm-hmm. But the batter will be mixed by an ingredients company and it'll be able to be distributed through Cisco uh, nationally just right. like when when you call and get your chicken, your plates, whatever, you'll be able to order the batter. Mm-hmm. And it is and it is very it, it is a big secret. Uh, we batter the chicken behind closed doors. Not all the employees even know how it's done. It's that secret. There's only a few of us in each location that know how to do it. Yeah, I'm not uh, kidding. It was
1: it, They barred us from the kitchen. I've never been in 500 <laughs> cities that was never <laughs> shut out of a kitchen before. <laughs> so funny. now who's got the better chicken now, you or your wife?
5: Uh, the same. I'm not gonna I'm come not on gonna claim that trip better.
1: someone someone's gotta have the better chicken. Have you gone head to head Who's and got anything?
2: the better breasts?
5: <laughs> well she does because I'm a guy.
1: right <laughs> you gotta love Anyways, the white meat trip um, that's right. are you involved uh, are you are you involved in the Memphis in may at all?
5: Uh, no no she uh she's on one of the teams, just one of the barbecue teams and uh, and brings some chicken down there. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm not involved in that. But we we actually we do we do a lot of fundraisers together, and we're involved in all the in, in a lot of stuff in Memphis as far anything that has to do with Gus's. Um, but I can just tell you back to the chicken. We, there's so many there's so many steps to the way that we prepare it, and uh, you know I will tell you it's marinated for at least 24 hours uh, most this fried chicken's not done that way at all and it is a liquid batter. Mm. Um, so there's there's a lot of things that are that are different. We do cook cook in peanut oil and uh, and we do cook at a very high temperature. So those are those are some of the things that I can tell you yeah because the but skin is
1: really as, crisp, really delicious.
5: Mm. yeah it, we, the, you know it, what the way you described it is what our goal is is for it to be crisp on the outside, virtually no grease. And, and hot and juicy on the inside and spicy. And uh, I get people from all over the country, too, that tell me that, that they've been to all of the, quote, great fried chicken places, and they love ours to death. So now, it's, can, it, it's quite
2: gratifying. Can you deliver? Can you ship? To
1: California.
2: <laughs> we really haven't figured out a way to do it because oh, the, the,
6: you
5: can't. the chicken's the best when it's five to ten minutes out of the fryer and when you start freezing stuff and... And shipping it, you know, Memphis is huge when it comes to shipping barbecue, Porky's, uh, the Rendezvous. You know, they ship millions of dollars in barbecue every year. and we well, got FedEx I wish we right there. Could. Yeah, yeah, and I wish that we could because we would jump on that bandwagon. But we just really haven't figured out a way. I would rather not send a, a, a subpar product. Uh, I would just rather I would just rather not do it for the for can, the buck.
2: Can you sell the batter?
5: Yeah.
2: Absolutely
1: not. <laughs> Take it right to our lab in the basement and figure it out. So yeah, the only way yeah. to get the only way to get Gus's fried chicken is to come to Memphis.
2: I am starving right now, and I'm nowhere cool. near Memphis.
1: And how many how many locations do you have in Memphis trip?
5: There are there are four in Memphis. Um, one getting ready to be in South Haven that I'm getting ready to open, which is just South Haven, Mississippi, which is literally ten miles from. Uh, just across the border so that's going to be in the Memphis area mm-hmm. and like I said she's got two or three in the works right now with a lot of people knocking on the doors um, from all over the country so it's it's going to go from a little chicken shack in Mason Tennessee to um, probably 150 200 stores by the end of by the end of the decade
1: Wow Not that's bad. a little
2: that's a little um, insider information can we buy stock? <laughs>
1: we can buy chicken how do you do you get your chicken from all the same places i mean is it locally yeah. sourced chicken how how are you going to make sure that the actual meat is as good as well tyson
5: place? in uh in arkansas uh has a special cut for us they run a special line uh we the size is is it is a large larger size than most of the any of the fast food places, you know, theirs is a little bit smaller than ours. Mm-hmm. And we do have a special run. So right now we're, we're partnered with Tyson. And uh, and as we grow, it can become available, I'm sure, throughout the country.
1: And what, what's your website so that people that are coming to town can find you when they're there? Do you have a website?
5: Mine is Gus Mendenhall com. It's G U S and the street that we're located is Mendley Hall, M E N D E N H A L L dot com. Okay. And then there's also a national uh uh website for for the franchise, which is Gusfried com.
1: Okay. Well I would like to come to Memphis and try your breasts and your wife's breasts <laughs> and see which ones are juicier and more tasty.
5: I would love for you to
1: <laughs> thanks. That's, that's trip from Gus's Fried Chicken in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh thanks for joining us. Trip we'll see you soon.
5: Thank you. Glad to do Bye. it. Thank you very much.
1: Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. See, now if they had been around back in the 70s, maybe Elvis could have eaten that instead oh, of the peanut butter and jelly oh, and banana sandwiches and we still have them with us today.
2: I like peanut butter and banana sandwiches.
1: So did Elvis and look what it did to him. It was yummy. That's, that really is the best fried chicken. Well, you know, maybe they'll eventually have a store out here somewhere in California. I'm so,
2: starving right now. I am too. Maybe. You know,
1: no, I was in New Orleans this weekend. I had to go back to do another. Uh, I was working down there. And I got the most hilarious cabbie I've ever heard. I've ever met. <laughs> this guy is Edwin. He's from Bosnia. And I get in the cab. It's raining like crazy. And I don't know how it happened. But he started talking about flying cars.
2: Flying cars? Yeah, at first I thought... Like back to the future Yes, at
1: first I thought he was like tripping, but he was stone cold sober, and he's just kind of a thoughtful, weird, fun cab driver in New Orleans, and I recorded uh, this interview that I did with him as he started talking about flying cars, and I just, it made me laugh so hard, I just thought I would share it with you. So this is Edwin, the New Orleans cab driver, and his futuristic vision of flying cabs.
0: Ground controls a major song.
6: How long have you been driving a cab? Almost two years now. What else was there to do here in New Orleans? Pretty much the basic jobs I can really put out to you where you can do, like what I know just on top of my head, is cab driving, stripper, bartender, club host, uh, fucking valet. That's my. But You know, fast food joints, I guess. Uh-huh. You know? But, you know, nothing else. For me, I think cab driving in the city is like the best job you can have. Why? You have, you work whenever you want, work for as long as you want. You're your own independent contractor, you know what I mean? You got no boss telling you when to work, why and what, you know what I mean? You make money whenever you want, you know? I can go home right now and relax, or I can, in the two hours, be like, I'm bored, I wanna go make some money. So you just go and make some money, you know? They said by, by 2015, we should have already have enough technology stuff to start making flying cars. Get out of here! How would it work? That's fucking, that's, I'm thinking about that too. Because I'm thinking about, what what would they use? I don't know if you can use gasoline, maybe you can.
1: Would you want to drive a flying cab, or would you stay in a regular cab? Flying cab,
6: dude. <laughs> how, would it, how would your job be different? I think it would be pretty badass, because first of all, uh, you wouldn't have any traffic. You don't, worry, you don't have to worry about no fucking traffic at all, at one time. I mean, if there's traffic in the air, then I don't know how the hell that's possible. But I think it would be a lot more convenient. Yeah. It really would be. If they have flying cars in like 2015, I'm pretty sure they're still going to have cars on the road driving while there's flying cars. You think? That's like you driving a regular Honda while you're seeing a Bugatti right next to you. You know what I mean? Like, people are just upgrade. Uh-huh. Because, you know, not everybody's going to have enough money to afford that, so people are still going to be driving. That's that's what I think. Okay. And, um, even though you, they should make it, though. I don't know how. Gas, hybrid, I don't know. What the hell? How they're going to make it? but I think it would really help to be efficient, but I don't think, I don't don't know how.
1: Do you think you need a special license to drive a flying cab, or just
6: a regular cab license? I think you do. I think you would have at least a flying license, like at least like a pilot license, you know, experience knowing the fact that you know how to fly. Just like any other thing, like you need a truck license to drive trucks, you need fishing license, you need an airplane license, you know, you need different, like motorcycle license, like I can't just drive a regular motorcycle without a motorcycle license, you know. So for different, different things you do, you need a different license for it. So I'm pretty sure if they're doing that flying cars one day, you're going to need a special license for that. Yeah,
1: but I don't understand why they need fishing licenses. You don't have to know how to fish to fish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's true, you know, but... I, every, truck driving, you got to know what you're doing. You're going to kill someone. You're not going to kill somebody if you fish wrong.
6: I mean, if you, like, throw the hook wrong, you're stuck in the lip, you know?
1: <laughs>
6: or the eyeball or some shit. <laughs> Would drive like a car on the ground and then take to the air like a plane, but instead of requiring drivers to find a runway, they could merely head to the local helipad or parking lot and take off using tilt rotor technology. The car would lift off nearly vertically using propellers on its uh, stubby wings. The props would then rotate from a vertical to a horizontal position for a regular flight. Though it got off to a rocky start with a series of accidents during development, plans are for it to use a plug-in hybrid electric power plant. Get out of here. Yep. so it looks like they're going to use it on on electricity. That's what I figured. See, either, either, I knew they wouldn't do it on gas. You know, some kind of hybrid shit. Now, remember I said a hybrid. You did say hybrid. So I don't know. We'll see. plane. What happens if you run out of batteries in the middle of the air? <laughs> <laughs> Go to fucking honestly, last built to last, <laughs> man. We'll see how fucking how built to the last they you know get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I already know that if I have a flying car one day, it's gonna be all black. <laughs> That's all I know. You wouldn't put rims on it. I'll probably, not the rims, but the propellers, you know I mean? Put some, like, I don't know. The propellers, that have some kind of blank on them. <laughs> black propellers, just like I got black rims, you know? Tinted windows, of course. That's always a requirement. It's got to be easier to pick up girls in a flying car than a regular car, yeah, right? Yeah, just be cruising out, looking down, like, what's up? You know? Come on, get in. Oh, no shit. <laughs> Nobody would ever see what the fuck you're doing, man. Yeah. You're in the air. <laughs> fuck on top of a tall ass building and fuck right there, you're good. <laughs> Nobody would see what the hell you Got tinted windows, you're good. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> bam, bam, you know, there you go. Yeah. All right, see you later. <laughs> or more, okay,
1: let's go. <laughs> Little ejector seat.
6: Give yeah. him a parachute. This should have that. I think they should have that in the car. Just in case if anything goes down, I would. Like James Bond, dude. All I know is that there's always truth in working. You know, you can't get anywhere else in life without working. True that. If you steal, if you rob, if you kill, You might get some money out of that, but you're not doing anything right because you're always gonna be running from the law. And when you always run from the law, you get more nervous and nervous and you're gonna get caught one day. And then when you get caught one day, you're gonna get fucked. And then what, you know, you always have a record on you. There's always people looking for you. For what reason? You don't need none of that stress. You know what I mean? What, what do I do? I just drive a fucking car and that's about it. You know, I don't have anybody. I don't have nobody on my back. I don't have anybody where I get you know, I keep turning around, making sure I'm not going to get killed or something, you know? That's very wise. Some people don't appreciate what they have. It took me a while to learn that. Were you born here in New Orleans? Mm-hmm. I was born in Germany, raised in Bosnia. My entire family is from Bosnia. You sound
1: more American than some Americans I know.
6: Yeah. I was the first one in my family to learn English. I learned my I learned English on my way here on a plane. There was an American guy sitting next to me and I had no idea what he was talking about. And since it was like a 12 hour flight, you know, we had like these screens on the back of the seats, you know, you could play games, watch uh-huh. movies, blah blah blah. And so there was these games on there and I was playing game of course as a little kid, you know, I wanted to know how to play I love playing games. So I was playing games and I didn't understand how to play any of that because it was all English. So uh, this man next to me started helping me on the screen, helping me do this, that. Then he like put up some kind of educational video. Like I was like seven, eight years old, and I still remember all of this. Wow. And he was telling me all this on the screen, how to do this, say that, and slowly and slowly he kept on telling me how to talk and say this and out of nowhere I just started understanding English like it it felt like it just popped into my head like get out of here so you
1: got off when you got on the plane you couldn't speak English and when you got off the one flight you could speak English I
6: wasn't really like like fluent in speaking English but I could understand I understood it fluently I could speak it just a little bit
1: that's impossible
6: now, when I went to when I started school here, I never went to any of those ESOL, ESOL classes or any of those nothing. I just started school. And wow. I'm Still, my brother he knows how to speak good English and everything, but you can still kind of hear the accent in him. My dad, yeah, you he can hear that shit in him. <laughs> like, I always make fun of him. If you think about David Hasselhoff, that's practically how my dad looks. Does he drive around in a speedo? No, nah, hell no. Nah. <laughs> Well, I mean, shit, when we, back then, like, you know, we used to go to the beach, we didn't really have, like, swimming trunks like this. So we had, like, those Speedos and shit. Me and my brother. Like uh, in Borat, right? No, fuck no. Not like that, dude. Going, <laughs> going out the crack of my ass and shit. I don't know. What kind That's of... That's what I dude. heard all the Bosnian guys that were in Borat. Is that not true? Control. No. No.
3: I'm, I'm right. stepping through the door. And I'm floating.
1: How cool would that be? Flying cabs. Zipping around, picking up chicks and flying <laughs> cabs. That's like uh, that's like the ultimate Lamborghini.
2: Or chicks can have their own flying cars. Hello?
1: To pick up dudes.
2: Well, to do whatever yeah, we want to do in flying cars. Typically,
1: it's, you know, the bald fat guy who's a very rich driving around the Lamborghini picking up the young pretty girls. Ooh a
2: flying Lamborghini.
1: Imagine how much cuter the girls will be if you're in a flying car. Right?
2: Imagine how much cuter the guys will look (laughs) with a flying car around them.
1: (sighs) All right, we are done for this week. Now, don't forget, you got to follow me on Twitter. We're giving away a Vivitar 850W underwater camcorder.
2: Underwater camcorder. We're
1: going to be giving that away on the 4th of July. And the way you enter to win is you...
2: Follow Mark DiCarlo on Twitter.
1: Mark DiCarlo.
2: And then um, hashtag a fork on the road and tell us who the guests were for the show.
1: And the guests today were... Air Combat USA. you to
2: tell them? You're not going to let them listen to the whole thing? Well,
1: I'm reminding them. This is the end of the show, so Aww. they will have heard it already. So the guests on our show today were Air Combat USA.
2: Trip from uh, Gus's Fried Chicken.
1: Yeah, well, Let's just make it easy. Gus's Fried Chicken.
2: Air Combat USA.
1: World famous Mud Run. And uh, that's it. So it's three.
2: And should we mention uh, Memphis in May?
1: Yeah, well, you know, we'll try and talk about that next month. Well, if
2: you get three out of four, we're good.
1: You've got to get them all got to get get three out of three, yes. Wow, you're tough. Every correct retweet back to me, you'll be entered into the drawing. You can enter once per week, and on the 4th of July, we will draw a winner, and that winner will get a free Vivitar 850W underwater camera. So again, follow me on Twitter. It's Mark at Twitter. And tweet me the names of the guests that we uh, had on the show today. World Famous Mud Run. Air Combat USA and Gus's Gus's Fried fried Chicken. Chicken. I'm Mark DiCarlo.
2: And I'm hungry.
1: (laughs) This is a fork on the road. We will see you next week right here on the Sideshow Network and iTunes. Travel on your tongue.